you've got a Bible, it's page 1132 in the Church Bibles. If you still need one, you can put your hand up and someone will bring one to you. Page 1132. Page 1132. I'm going to read some verses from Romans chapter 5, verses 8 to 11. It's a joy, isn't it, to hear how God changes people's lives. The Lord Jesus is changing people's lives in Edinburgh and Crowborough and all over the world. So let's come now and read uh, Romans chapter 5, verses 8 to 11. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Two stories of two lives that were saved and rescued. The first person... In October this year, Sam Quilliam, 28-year-old, had just caught a Dover sole. It was only 14 centimetres long. Picture the scene. He was so thrilled. Holding this Dover sole in his hands, he went to kiss it in triumph before he returned it to the sea. But the Dover soul frantically tried to escape from his hands and he dived straight into Sam Quilliam's mouth and began to swim down his windpipe and it got stuck. Now you've heard of Jonah and the whale? Well, this is the Dover soul in Sam Quilliam's windpipe. A true story. I read it in the Telegraph and actually it was quite terrifying. He couldn't get it out. Sam said to the newspaper, I ran down the pier like a headless chicken and then passed out. Well, you would, wouldn't you? He stopped breathing for three minutes. The paramedics arrived. They got out their forceps and they managed to go in to Sam Quilliam's windpipe and it took one, two, three, Four, five, six attempts with forceps to remove that fish and yank it out so he could breathe again. What a deliverance. But the ordeal has not put Sam off from fishing. He also said he had not ruled out kissing a fish again. What an unbelievable but true story of a life that was saved. Without those paramedics and their forceps, his life was in jeopardy. I don't know whether you ever felt like that, that your life is on the line in jeopardy. Have you ever feared for your life? Well, let me tell you a second story of another person's rescue. This past October 2017 is the 500th anniversary of another man's rescue story back in 1517. 
one man who feared for his life and the rescue he found. And this rescue had a profound effect on him. And its impact caused huge ripples that altered the political and spiritual landscape of the world. The man's name was Martin Luther. He was utterly fearful that his life was in peril beyond the grave. He was petrified that he would not go to heaven. And this fear bubbled up inside him. He was aware of his brokenness, his sinfulness, which he knew meant that he could never be acceptable to a holy God. Now from looking at him, you would never have thought he should be so worried. He looked so holy. He was a monk, totally religious looking. You might see a monk or a nun or a vicar and think, well, surely they must be sure about the life to come. They must know where they're headed beyond this life. But a monk's habit or a vicar's collar does nothing for anyone. And that's what Luther found. Luther felt a deep sense of his own failings and a huge frustration that he could never be good enough to get to heaven, but instead would face the horrors of judgment and the place Jesus called hell. But his fear was relieved when he discovered in the pages of the scriptures of the Bible that Jesus came to save people from what they deserved. And he discovered the wonderful truth that people are not loved by God because they are attractive or good enough. No, no. They are attractive to God because they are loved by him. He loves. And Luther discovered this. God's love for us is what makes us acceptable to him. Now, that is so countercultural, still, isn't it? In every other part of life, we have to earn things. It's deep in our blood. The more attractive we are, and the more beautiful we make ourselves, the more accomplished we become, then the more happy we will be, and people will love us more. Just think of Alan Sugar and The Apprentice. He wants the best he can get. You earn your way into his good books. And we can think that's just what it's like with God. But no. Martin Luther, in what we know in history as the Reformation, discovered to his absolute delight and joy in the pages of the Bible that God's love for us through Jesus' death and resurrection makes us acceptable to him. You see, Luther had felt he was choking suffocated by fear, facing a future of seeming inescapable judgment for his sin. He was suffocated by his own sense of sinfulness and inability and hopelessness, but it was as if the paramedic of God's words of the gospel came into his life and removed that choking, suffocating sense in his heart and soul of gloom and fear. And his sense of despair and delight turned to delight and a new freedom as he understood the gospel of grace. 
the gospel of grace had been lost by the church at that time. And it was rediscovered and it has been setting people free ever since. That is my story. God has set his love on me, not because I am worthy or holy or good enough, but because he is gracious and merciful. And I see people where I live in Crowborough, Sussex, set free by this truth, which is my greatest joy as a pastor there. Failing, broken people are not loved because they are attractive. They are attractive because they are loved by God. That's Romans 5 verse 8, isn't it? We are not loved because we're attractive, good enough, holy enough. No, verse 8 says that we are sinners. We are from birth, verse 10, God's enemies in revolt against God. And what does God do to prove and to show his love for sinful rebel enemies? He demonstrates his love in a mind-blowing way, lavish, by giving his son Jesus to die for us, verse 8, while we were still sinners. Christ died for us. Verse 10, while we were enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son. The paramedic of God's word teaches us that it's God's initiative to save, not because we are lovely or attractive, no, far from it. Sinners, enemies, but because he is loving and gracious and merciful God justifies us. God reconciles us. We are saved by faith in him. Saved not by the paramedic's tongs, but through the sacrifice of Jesus, who pays for our sins, whose blood is shed in our place on the cross. He sets us free from what we deserve, and he reconciles us to God, so we can know him, and call him our Father. If you're a believer this morning, do you know that you are loved as if you were Jesus, through Jesus, because he's dealt with a problem of our sin, attractive to God because he wonderfully sets his love upon us in Jesus Christ. People are not loved by God because they are attractive or good enough for God. They are attractive to God because they are loved by him. And that is life transforming. That brings salvation, freedom. I wonder what is your story this morning? Have you yet not come to know in your life this freedom, this salvation? Maybe today you need to, on this last day of the year, to see that in your helplessness and your sinfulness, that the Lord Jesus has given his life to save you. Will you receive that gift of life today? What a great way to finish 2017, to be saved, set free, reconciled to God by receiving his gift of grace and love and forgiveness through Jesus. But I guess many of us have a salvation story this morning. If you know this freedom through faith in Christ, 
If you have a story of salvation to delight in today, a future guaranteed, verse 10, we will be saved through his life. So what do we do now as we begin this new week, this new year, as we delight that we are loved sinners with a great story of salvation? It's there in verse 11, isn't it? What do we do? We boast. We boast. We decide to glory and boast in our God, our Redeemer, our Lord, our Savior. We boast and commit ourselves afresh in this new day, facing this new year, to delight in our story of salvation our rescue from death and judgment and future salvation, boasting in the God who saves by his grace alone, through faith alone, by Christ alone, to the glory of God alone. Let me pray. Father God, we pray that you'd help us for the first time to grasp hold of the hand of the Savior today and find salvation. And Lord, for those of us who know you, help us to to delight in our story of salvation. Help us this year to boast in God that he has blessed us with his love and salvation. Strengthen us for we are weak and fearful. In Jesus' name, amen.